We're rolling with episode four of Just Tell Me Where to Turn. I'm going to go ahead and say, before we even get started here, we have a special guest with us today, our friend Dave that ran the 13 Miles Down Legacy. We're going to get to all that in a minute. Big, big fan of the show. Thanks for having me. Oh, not a problem. Man, your Wi-Fi password is like a thousand characters long. This I've, is such a... I feel like all that's taken place in the last 45 minutes is criticism of me. And, and this is what I want to propose to you. And Dave, you can, you can join in on this too. We'll start from zero, pretend that no episodes of this podcast have ever happened. Which is probably what everybody out there is also doing. <laughs> and I will, I will give each of you 24 continuous hours on the clock, and, I, and just figure out how to take the original file from GarageBand, save it as a compressed MP3, figure out somewhere to upload it, create an RSS feed for that MP3, get that loaded into the iTunes store... And there will be a cash prize if either one of you think you could do that. When does your Wi-Fi password get shortened? <laughs> is that part of this deal, too? What I'm saying is no. just, just because we've had a few problems with the podcast, like you answering questions before I've asked them, the vocal tracks being aligned that we're saying the same thing at exactly the same time. Hey, it happens. All this, all this criticism is falling back on me, and all I'm trying to do is bring a show here, guys. All I do is bring the talent. I'm not part of the technical expertise, but... You know, a wise man told me that we should, you know, we should run through about 20 of these to refine everything, and then our 21st one should really be our first one. Well, that's good, because as I mentioned last time, we're officially uh, down to about, I think, less than 10 minutes of space on our free SoundCloud account, so we may just have to delete. Uh, should we reset here? Welcome to episode one <laughs> of Just Tell Me Where to Turn. We're going to be spending a lot of time today talking about a running bet, but you haven't heard it because we haven't done any episodes before this one, apparently. Well, I mean, the the 10 to 24 people that actually heard the earlier episodes may remember from three weeks ago when we talked about Dave's uh, courageous run from Plano to Frisco in rush hour traffic, our I, setup for that. Well, if one of the two hosts didn't constantly go on long vacations it's true we would clearly have more content than we do today well affluence does have its downsides but i did have fun since since you asked i did have fun last week i really don't want to hear about it but. in the uh in the rocky mountains of of colorado the metropolis of denver and the the wilderness of breckenridge just, just really roughing it out there do we play the bong sound effects now? Or? <laughs> you did go on 420, that's correct, right? I, I flew in on 420. The, uh, the, the Cannabis Cup was actually in Breckenridge <laughs> the day that we flew in. Uh, we did not take part in that, but uh, we did fly in, and I believe that the three rules with altitude are you fly somewhere into Denver, Mile High City, whatever. You're supposed to fly in and... Just kind of chill out for a while, not be real active, don't eat any big meals, and drink lots of water. Well, what we did was get off the plane, go eat a pizza buffet, go play golf, which is not like running half of a marathon, but it's still fairly active, and drink, I don't know, like a Jack and Coke for every two holes. So you can imagine by that night, and certainly the next morning, not only the alcohol effect somewhat but the altitude sickness had oh, set in oh my goodness entirely other than just not no like vomiting but just the other whatever headache, headache violent diarrhea 
you know, fatigue and all that affected me for like a whole 24 hours after that. But then we got through it. There's you know. something available in Colorado to help with a lot of those symptoms. I know. It helps with pain and glaucoma. <laughs> yeah. And you don't even need a doctor's note, I believe. No, you don't. It wasn't as... I, I didn't go searching for it. Um, it wasn't quite as readily available as I thought it would be. I was very intrigued about, you know, maybe going to one of those places and you could just find like a... An edible, if you Yes. Want. A pack of <laughs> harmless gummy bears. <laughs> And then see if, you you know, you can kill yourself that way. <laughs> I've always dreamed of that. But, uh, no, we didn't partake in any of that. Can I ask a quick question? Is the airport security leaving Colorado today, are they more strict than... Is it run by a dog? Uh, no, but my bag was searched. But only because it had golf balls in there. And apparently <laughs> they thought golf balls might blow up the 737 <laughs> that we were on. That kind of freaked them out a little bit. Well, so they, they do have the exploding golf ball trick. I think we're all very familiar with it. Uh, they do that. The popcorn trick. I don't know what other tricks I'm really familiar with, but I don't if think there's the, if there's only two to be familiar with. Those are pretty good. It's pretty I'm solid. Not, I don't really think company the, you're keeping there. I don't really think the exploding golf ball is going to take out too much of the plane. Oh. Well, hey, I, we could do we could do a whole podcast on your vacation. In fact, we actually have already done one on our on your whole vacation. Yeah, only like 3 or 4 weeks ago. So, so in theory, since this is our fourth show, 50% of our shows could be all about your vacation or we could get to our special guest here. The man, um, the man who had the courage to to run a half marathon with literally no training. And in rush hour traffic. Uh, in rush hour traffic down one of the busiest uh, streets in North Texas. So do you want to do all introductions here so we can remind everyone how to get a hold of us? How, how to contact how to, how to our tweet at us? Our low complain. content Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, we've got Glenn three eleven, but for I some have, reason he's decided his Twitter account should be three eleven Glenn, and well, it's actually, not because Glenn three eleven was taken. No, actually it was because I did uh, I did research that I have to actually pull it up so. You can reach me at 3 underscore 11 Glenn, which is the most confusing. The only thing more confusing is your Wi-Fi password that is literally 27 characters long. And I've got to the point that I'll just pay the data fees because I can afford to take a vacation every month. So why do I care about the extra $15 on my cell phone? I will interject, though, but you also felt the need to bring golf balls home with you in a suitcase, which seems very frugal. Hey. You got to cut corners somewhere. That's easy. That's easy savings oh. right there. So, and I'm uh, Tommy Lynch, Tommy two underscore zero on Twitter. And our guest today is our good friend Dave. I do not have a Twitter account at this moment. Not at this moment. We'll create you one. I and feel I like I feel like Dave thirteen point one could be a really uh, yeah. Dave oh. Glasscock sixty nine <laughs> is where you need to find him. Could be a really. Solid uh, situation. Well, let's reset briefly because I, I feel like in real terrestrial radio, they have to reset after every break. And now we're talking about resetting from a podcast that happened three weeks ago that nobody listened to according right. to our analytics. Yeah. But uh, due to some late night drinking, late night gambling, our, our friend Dave, who is not in bad physical shape, but is certainly not a uh, trained distance athlete. Yeah. I mean, I, I think an accurate description is not doing well. <laughs> I think I think that would that would fit. I not morbidly obese, 
Um, but also not an, an avid runner. Yeah. Uh, but did make the alcohol-influenced claim of, I could run from Plano to Frisco, and not only could I do that, I could do it during rush hour traffic, and I could do it in under two... I believe I talked my way up to 2.30, which was pretty generous. Pretty generous, but traffic, definitely a factor in this bet. And said he could do it with less than 30 days to prepare for the run. So let's start there, Dave, yes. if you don't mind. So after you sobered up the next day, there was a, uh, we won't say how much, but there was a substantial amount of cash in the line. Both sides uh, saw wagering. So what was, the, what was the first thing you did to approach uh, getting prepared to execute this run? Well, let me uh, say first, I think the biggest mistake I made was I set the bet at even money. So the money that was on the line, I was uh, had the opportunity to lose just as much as I had the opportunity to win. So it was kind of a, a big swing that I was uh, pretty concerned about when I woke up the next morning. Um, yeah, the, uh, the biggest thing was I had not been running. Um, I had run a little bit a few years prior, but nothing more than six miles, which, as anyone will tell you, is not... Not considered a distance runner by that's, any stretch. That's literally twice as long as I've ever run at one time in my life. And that was just because I did one 10K that didn't go particularly well. Um, so, And since then, hadn't run at all. So training was a, a huge question mark. I talked to a friend of mine that has run several marathons. Whoa. Yes. Let's add that to the montage. Yes. That guy's an asshole. <laughs> I'm not going to deny that, but... He was, uh, he asked the question as if I'd ever run before, and when I said no, he asked how many months I had, and I said uh, one, and he basically thought it couldn't be done, but he was very intrigued by the idea. Not so much that it couldn't be done, but he thought that all the, uh, everything going against me, he was real concerned about it being done late in the day. He says you never want to do a late run late in the day because your meals, everything gets you out of whack than just getting up and running, running in the morning. Well, and two, the, the whole principle of running is slowly building on progress, so adding that many miles that quickly probably makes you extremely susceptible to all kinds of micro-injuries that happen along the way, too. Yes, that was, a, that was a big thing. About week, I guess it was nine or ten days before the actual run, the actual event, I uh, did my longest run ever, which was a 10-mile test run uh, to see um, to see if I could even get that far. And immediately after that, the next day, I uh, started feeling a pretty good pain in my left shin, especially kind of both shins. So I was on a schedule that had me running three times a week. So after the long run, two days later, I went on another shorter run and basically got a mile in and couldn't, couldn't complete it. Cause my, so, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so when you were training, did you just train just on the track or running just – did you run in traffic? Because this real <laughs> thing was going to be like traffic is a factor – Going through intersections, you might have to stop, run in place for a while. I don't know if dodging traffic ended up being a, a factor. Now, is running you, in place a good move? I, I, that seems really dumb to me. I don't know. Yeah, it seems a waste of energy. <laughs> it seems like you'd want to rest if you Just had a in general, it seems kind of retarded. But, um, did you factor that into your training? Because when you went real life on this, I mean, it's it's just running through 
uh, running whatever roads you're running down, not on the freeway, but I mean, it's rush hour traffic, so it's wait and stop and all that. Did you factor that in? You know, I didn't, um, mainly because I was so sure that the odds of me getting hit by a car were high that I didn't want to risk getting yeah. hit by a car in training. I didn't so you didn't want to expose yourself to unnecessary yes. risk. I, I understand. I was taking enough. Um, okay. But I will say I did one training run kind of along the route partially just to see, but it was the only time I had to do it was Saturday morning, so traffic was very light okay. and wasn't a wasn't a good uh, a good test. But uh, so how I mean just um, not to derail your train of thought though, but obviously the route you pick is pretty important. Yes. So, did you pick it to stay along main roads or highways, or were we talking about neighborhood streets? What was the thought process that went into that? I did quite a bit of research, including driving the route, several different options. The shortest route was running along the tollway, which I quickly threw out. As well, I think that's idea. actually illegal, right? Running along a freeway is illegal. Yeah. Like, you can be... I've seen homeless do it. <laughs> but... Yeah, but... Well, no, you could have been taken down to Tent City. Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Stay, stay hard, Tent City. Mike Rawlings is taking care of that, I think. Um, no, but the, the basic route was one along a, a busy, but still on a city street, not on any highway, and one that uh, it involved the least amount of turns and neighborhoods because another thing was trying to remember the directions while running. Right, and probably seven or eight miles in, you're not thinking incredibly clearly. And that is one thing I learned, because uh, I did one training run running with a with a buddy that was, uh, he knew the course, so I was essentially just following him. He was setting the pace, and it's a lot easier when you're not having to think about anything. On the actual day I did the run, when you're trying to remember where to turn, constantly checking your pace, also, I mean, intersections are bad because they stop you and slow you down. But then, I mean, every 100 feet, there's some kind of driveway or business turn in. So you're having to look over your shoulder and make yeah. sure no one's coming out. To... So I guess having, like, headphones in, not an option in this situation? No, I had one, one earphone in that was giving me turn-by-turn turn so I didn't get lost. But I had it pretty low volume and kept the, uh, the other ear out, which added to the extreme boredom of running yeah <laughs> there's nothing worse than that so we the last episode and all the 10 whole people that listened to it we talked a lot about that as far as uh boredom of running and preparation having the right gear and shoes and all that so did you go to the expense of getting shoes and you know shirts that don't Cut your nipples and <laughs> synthetic socks and that all that stuff. That kind of stuff you put on your balls to keep yeah, you from chafing. The ball, the ball stuff. <laughs> I did not do the ball stuff, although that's only because I didn't know about it. <laughs> okay. I would totally have done that. I did buy one running shirt, which I had to wash and wear every time I ran. Um, that's reasonable. I, I had, I did buy running shoes. The biggest expense was I bought a, uh, a running, a Garmin watch meant for running wow and the heart monitor that comes with it and okay. i thought that was going to be key because i read uh early on that in distance running you want to be about 65 percent of your heart rate max if you are running at the pace you need to keep and that's your heart rate you can probably run a half marathon because you're not the first 
week, I was running three miles at 105 percent of my heart rate. <laughs> that's that's poor. <laughs> so is that like over 200 beats a minute? I don't know. Okay. It probably was because I think my max. I forget the calculation. I think it's like 184 or something. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I was running 10 minute miles and basically <laughs> giving it everything I possibly had. <laughs> So how um, how how in the world in in less than a, or in a month's time did you get, turn near heart attack uh, into uh, into um, an attempt at this crazy uh, distance? It was essentially, I mean, if I could have bought my way out of the bet, I might have tried, <laughs> but there was enough people that had known about it that I felt like I had to go through with it, and considering it. It worked. Like looking back on it now, I feel like it was a good bet. But during that month, just trying to get all the training in, you know, we had mornings that it rained and I couldn't train. There was several times where uh, one of my kids was sick and I was convinced I was going to get sick. And when you only have four weeks to train, you certainly can't lose a week due to illness. So there was a lot of things that could have gone bad and would have screwed the whole bet but since none of them did it all worked out and i kind of felt like it was a good bet so i guess spoiler alert is you you won the bet i did and won it pretty easily i did it in uh two hours and 10 minutes so 20 minutes yeah to work I had, with I had there. 20 minutes plus i could have so talk us talk us through yeah. the actual let's go to the, the day actual, yeah okay. let's go to the day of the let's race go, let's go mile by mile <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's the, take every game. The day of the race, um, I took the afternoon off work because... Bragging montage right there. <laughs> so you have a job. I have a job. And actually, it was the first day of the month, which is kind of a <coughs> kind of a busy day at my job. Is that when your welfare check shows up? <laughs> That's when mine shows up, and I head straight to Denver. <laughs> I usually cash it at the Windstone. <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, no, so I took the afternoon off work and uh, didn't do much research on what I uh, what I should eat. I went to Jason's Deli for lunch and got the plain Jane baked potato. Okay. And ate that. There's a lot of worse decisions that could have been made <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. A lot of them. And then that was about noon. Then about 2 o'clock, I was like, now, if I'm going to eat again, now's the time. I don't want to do it closer. I started the run at 5. So I had some eggs. Felt Felt pretty good after that. It wasn't bad. Um, did you have I, a nice? Did you take a nice dump before I did. you? Were, okay, that, that worked out well. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie. When uh, that feeling struck me about 4:30, a half hour before the run, I was like, "This is perfect. Yeah. This is setting up very well." All, all pipes pipes need to be cleaned out before you head out on a 13 mile run. All pipes. Uh, you know what? I, feel I think like, so. I you feel don't like, need any distraction. I feel like that other one drains your energy. Isn't that true? Or is that just an old wives' tale? I don't know. You're already going to be bored from running, so if you're a little sleepy, that's not going to hurt anything. Oh, man. So, okay, so you're all ready to go, and then you head out at, at 5 o'clock. Yeah. Now, weather conditions were perfect that day? Weather conditions were, were good. Had a little bit of a headwind. Um, which was only really a factor for the first three miles or so, but as it far was as temperature it was cool. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, I remember that day was abnormally cool. I think, which is probably a big asset for you. That was yeah. Because if it's huge. eighty, if it's eighty-four or five degrees, you're probably screwed. And that was another thing about the bet that was 
was key was it had to be done that day, right. that time, rain or shine. Because when I did the test run, it was a nice, cool morning. I was thinking, I wish I could just go three more miles and finish this thing and not roll yeah. the dice. That And that's why you didn't think it through, that you no. just took it even money. Yes. Because what if there was just a raging hailstorm outside? That was tough. You're just out. You You're just done. Do you had to do it or, or forfeit. Yeah, right. Um, but uh, getting to the run, I will say I I had bought um, some kind of, like, you know, they have that goo or something that runners use. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I, I, let's step back here. <laughs> runners use goo? <laughs> it's, a, it's like a something you eat. Oh, it's along. like an energy thing. Yes. Well, I believe okay. we addressed the honey stinger in yeah. the last episode. So what so. you're telling me is that runners often swallow goo. <laughs> that's That's what you're telling me. It's kind of what I suspected, but you've you've con- confirming some stereotypes. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've, you've confirmed that That's for fair. me. So. That's fair. But on the honey stingers, they come in this pack. <laughs> phrasing. <laughs> Terrible choice of words. Yeah, phrasing. Terrible, Terrible choice of words. And Edit that out for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, it's a it's a a bag of several like gummy bear. They're about that size, that texture, like edibles that you might find in Colorado. <laughs> Obviously. Um, but there's no instructions on the pack on how many to eat. It's just a loose pack of these gummy bears. Yeah. So I made the mistake of going on a like a running forum website. You, that is always a mistake. <laughs> it's a huge mistake. And on there... I'm getting mad on this. <laughs> <laughs> it makes there, me want to kill myself just thinking about going on a running forum. Of course, someone had the same question, like, how many of these do you eat? And the guy's like, well, the pack is 170 calories. And you need to eat about 300 calories for every hour you're running. Which okay. is, so he said he ate a full pack every half hour he was running. And there's probably 12 of these gummy things in there. So when do you have time to run if you're just eating the whole time? I don't understand. And why couldn't you just, like, buy a Whataburger and cut it into four pieces? And, like, every hour just pop a quarter of a Whataburger in. That's about the same amount of calories. Well, let me give this advice. If any of you decide to do the random running bet, I talked to my friend who also had used these, and he said he eats two every half hour, which is way Two packs or two two gummies? two of the gummies. Oh, two of the, okay. Yeah. Two out of 12 in the pack? Yeah, yeah which, just a couple of them. Yeah, All right. That's a pretty big difference. A huge difference. I ran the whole thing, and I ate two every half hour, so I ended up eating eight of them. But I still had two-thirds of the pack, and I don't know how it's possible to eat an entire pack of those every half hour, because I felt fine, and I can't imagine trying to eat the whole pack at one time. It would make you so sick. And maybe that guy was just goofing around and trolling the running forum. Um, I have an exper- experience with whatever uh, gummies you're talking about. <laughs> just uh, from last weekend. No, actually, it's from a... Unsurprisingly, I'll pick that up later. Okay, so we <laughs> criticized uh, me for 45 minutes, and now we're throwing beer bottles and beer caps on my floor. We can pick really? that up. Um. I have experience with these energy gummy whatever things on a, uh, not surprisingly, a vacation. <laughs> well, I, I, don't, I don't think you have any other experiences because you're always on vacation. That I took to the Grand Canyon. When we hiked the Grand Canyon, 
in July, <laughs> which was real smart. Okay. Um, and and allegedly on the day we hiked down, some some dude like died of heat exhaustion because it was 190 degrees outside. So, but these gummy things are. I don't know where you got them. We got ours like at REI or whatever. These things are disgusting. Yes. I mean, just terrible. What, like they uh, label it as like strawberry to, or chocolate. Equate it to some other gooey substance you might eat. <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to pull a... God, this sounds terrible. I'm going to pull a Mark Furman and just plead the fifth. <laughs> Okay. So let's go back to your run. <laughs> well, well, I want to talk about... Okay, well, no, you please go ahead. I'm sorry. Let sorry. me say this. I made the mistake of I just ordered them off uh, Amazon because I don't have the monetary funds to go into REI like like someone. But I, got I feel the, like monetary funds is redundant too, but... Yeah, true. probably so. Yeah, let's go but I got the variety pack of three different bags. So I tried them on my, you know, my training runs. So the day of the actual run, I... Grabbed the last packet, which was cherry soda. Mm, oh, which tasty. By oh. far the worst oh. of the worst. I oh. guarantee you, you ordered, these off, ordered these off Amazon. Yeah. This was just some random guy <laughs> who repackaged these, and the last package was probably just full of his DNA and farts. That's all it was. It was weird that they came in Ziploc bags. <laughs> this reminds me, of an episode, reminds me of an episode of The Shield, but... So, so from a hydration standpoint, I'm assuming you want to drink a lot of water. How do you transport that much water with you on the run? Because I think normally in a marathon, you've got the guy handing you the cup of water at the station, so you've got to tote all this with you. That was another miscalculation. I had one... <laughs> You just did it dry. <laughs> <laughs> As well, it were. Yeah. That can be... Uh, never mind. Let's move on. I had uh, one 12-ounce... Uh, running whatever water bottle that I filled with Gatorade and had in like a little running uh, belt so I didn't have to hold it the whole time. But that was it. 12 ounces for 13.1 miles? And had along the way a few people checking in, a few people that had bet against me to check in and make sure I was actually running. None of them were kind enough to bring a bottle of water about mile 10 and hand it to me. Well, I feel like the general assumption would be as much planning as you did put into this that water wouldn't be the thing you forgot. Well, I didn't forget it. I just thought I could ration that one bottle long enough. And what was the other option? The hold? hold Well, I think the other option is if you're investing in a heart rate monitor is to get somebody that bet with you to meet you at a prearranged spot with a bottle of water or a bottle of Gatorade. That seems pretty logical to me. Well, there weren't a lot of people betting with me. Yeah. I would have brought you like a Red Bull and a Dr. Pepper. It's probably Here, like some fireball. To go with this, to go, go with this quarter a, of Whataburger. Yeah, and an atomic fireball <laughs> to give you plenty of uh, sugar. So, all right, so let's get to the run itself. Obviously, you made it. Great yes. success. You won literally, let's just say... Tens of dollars <laughs> from this bet. Was there any point in time that you thought, I can't do this. This is going to kill me. I'm going to have lots of diarrhea. Anything <laughs> like that. There wasn't any part where I thought it was going to kill me. There were a few parts where there was one right around the tollway where I got held up at a stoplight for a pretty long while. And... um 
was checking my pace and was behind, not behind, I was trying to do 10 minute miles and got behind and then came out of it and had a hill to climb mm. and that was just kind of a, that was the down moment but once I was past that it, was, it wasn't too bad. Was there any time where um, there was almost, there was a scary moment with any vehicles? There was, there was. And let me stop you. Because we have consistency here that we mention two things in every episode. <laughs> bad Chinese drivers and wieners. So this is our opportunity. Did anybody almost hit you and were they in fact Chinese? I didn't get a look and I didn't, I wouldn't say it was a near Probably hit. neither did they. <laughs> but there was a part um, of running near 121 where they're doing construction and they essentially had a fence out in the street, like a temporary... That does not make any sense. <laughs> you, don't, you don't understand what I'm saying at all? Like a picket fence? <laughs> no, like a chain link like they put up the block okay, off the construction you. area. All right, I have you now. So you're running along, and there wasn't sidewalk there. I was running along grass, and then there's just nothing. You just have to run in a lane of traffic for you know a few hundred feet, and there was no, there was no way around it. Right, so right. Just, uh, just went with it and... So did you take any safety precautions, like, did you have, like, a Sharpie marker, you know, written on your I chest, did. you I know, no a... funeral, <laughs> DNR, you know. <laughs> love did you love. have Did you have an arrow drawn to your American History X tattoo and say, hey, I really don't mean this. It was a mistake I made when I was younger. I had an expired driver's license in, um, in my running belt with a few numbers to call. I should have, uh, I'd been thinking I would have, uh, Maybe sold some ad space on the T-shirt, kind of not, trying not to make some extra idea. money. Well, our title sponsor, VegasBellhop.com, not doing well, but that might have uh, that might have been the boost they needed to yeah. really get those clicks up. We might have been able to to dig them up out of their shallow grave. So, so the run's over. You've made it. How are you feeling immediately after it's over? And then, as far as the cool down, wind down process goes. How was how was that for you? And when did the diarrhea kick in? <laughs> I will say, when I finished, I felt I felt terrible, and I think it was. I always do too. <laughs> Go ahead. So maybe something to do with only drinking twelve ounces of water and I, running thirteen I think, miles. I think it was definitely dehydration related. The next morning, I didn't feel as bad as I thought I would, and I this was. I guess three weeks ago, maybe a little more. I have not run since. No. Well, what? why would you? There's no yeah. money on the line. You've run 13 miles at one time. That's pretty much covers you for the entire year. I think. Right. Well, I mean, I, I equate it to like betting on sports. Once you've bet on a game, why would you ever watch a game that you weren't betting on after that? It's that's the same difference. If, once you've run for dollars, why would you just run to run? It makes yeah. no sense. Yeah. So what's it going to do? Give you an extra year to live? <laughs> Like that I, has any value. I feel like this this is probably subtracting years what went down uh, a few weeks ago, but yeah, I would agree. I would there's agree. no there's no question. So, so so all said and done, we were we get in our uh, DeLorean, 88 miles an hour. We go back to that night. Do you agree to do the bet, or do you just say forget it? Was it worth it? It was. Boy, that's hard to say. There was a lot of days like having to go run in the rain because I knew I had to get a training run in that didn't seem worth it. But the fact that I won the bet kind of makes it seem worth it now. But, okay, so it was half a marathon, so roughly 13 miles. 
Were you paid in this bid at least a hundred dollars a mile? No, I did not. Not worth it. <laughs> I, I can not. tell you, it's not worth it for me. <laughs> it may have been worth it for you, but if uh, it's not at least that, there's there's the training aspect. Yeah, there's oh, no way. Oh, if you factor in training it. miles, he was probably losing money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I should have, I should have, but it was so, it was so bad because I was having to, whatever I was going to win, I was having to put up my own money that I capped myself because I wasn't sure I'd be able to do it. I didn't want to lose. Yeah. So the only thing worse of getting terrible diarrhea at mile seven, then having to back out, is then having to go hand every single person you bet with hundreds of dollars yeah. to cover your end. I, I, I feel like that's a... That's probably a the probably the only wise approach that you took during this whole ordeal, in my opinion. But you won, so you collected from everyone, from everybody. I did. Well, congratulations on all your great success. <laughs> so I guess we could move on to uh, since we've been gone for three weeks, something else that happened like a month ago, <laughs> and our uh, buddy Dave here also attended WrestleMania. Is that right? Well, first, how's David Bowie doing? <laughs> Uh, he's no longer with us. He's in hell with Prince, <laughs> as far as I know. So, yeah, well, I didn't want to get too topical. If we're, if we're talking about things that happened a month ago, then Prince really should be on, like, episode five, provided we make it that far. No, provided we make it that far. But, no, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to derail you as we're talking about important things. The, probably the most important thing that's been to Dallas, uh, what, since, like, 1963? I don't know. Wow. Did WrestleMania get it through its head that Dallas didn't want it here? So tell us about that experience. Dallas was very receptive to WrestleMania. It, it appeared so from the media coverage that I saw. Now, you made it there. I didn't because I pulled off what I... Sorry, kids, but what I like to title Operation Shit Show <laughs> and the fact that I had full opportunity to go to WrestleMania with you I was begging and you to go. I know. I was begging you not to throw away what could be a great experience. And here I am, once in a lifetime. Absolutely. It's probably not going to be back for a decade. No. Probably no. at least. Now I have Final Four tickets that I've won via the Final Four lottery process. Which also down in Houston. is a big deal. Also a big deal. But you know, I have so many things going on. I've got Final Four tickets. You're offering me this WrestleMania stuff. It's in Houston. This is in Dallas. I can't get back and forth. So I'm like, you know, we're just going to go Final Four. I'm sorry, WrestleMania, but championship basketball wins out. Then, of course, I find out my friends from Denmark, because I have friends from around the world. He's got friends and he takes vacations. That's right. He's doing pretty well. Friends from Denmark are coming into town like the week before the Final Four. We're traveling all over the place, so I'm not going to be able to... Go do stuff with them, and then go to the Final Four. So I end up having to sell my Final Four tickets. So in the end, I end up going. Well, at least at least that you didn't miss a good championship game. It was oh like, yeah, at least it was absolutely. a clunker. Yeah, game. absolutely not. I only missed like top three greatest college <laughs> basketball games of all time that I'm watching in my living room <laughs> instead of on row whatever forty nine at Reliant Stadium, which it's actually something else. But I can't remember what it is now. And you missed setting an attendance record at WrestleMania. Yes. <laughs> I'm at home just crying myself to sleep instead of being at these events. So but you got to go to a mesquite rodeo with people from Denmark or whatever. <laughs> it was in Austin. But yes, I got to go to Rodeo Austin with our my 
great friends from Denmark. We had a great time. Don't worry, they're, they're not among the ten that are going to be listening. No, to they're not. And it's not their fault, but I cried for several hours straight into my pillow because I didn't go to the Final Four and I missed... I missed the great Villanova victory, which for, you know, local one local celebrity won him like a ten thousand dollars, <laughs> and um, I also missed WrestleMania, which is probably a once in a lifetime event. So there I am. I want to kill myself. So you tell us about your uh, WrestleMania experience. Well, let me ask: uh, Have either of you ever been to a live wrestling? Like, oh. not like a local, like a WWE, Raw, No, pay-per-view. no, okay. I, back in the day, when I was a kid, we used to go, they had wrestling at Will Rogers Coliseum in Fort Worth, so I saw some... The Von Erics. I've seen the, some of the Von Erics before the, before they either <laughs> shot themselves or climbed into a sleeping bag and jumped into a lake. Before they did any of that, I saw some of them wrestle, maybe the great Bruiser Brody, oh, yes. if you will. Oh, yes. I've seen them, but no, I've never seen The Rock or The Miz or whatever uh, at like a Raw event or anything like that. Well, I I can say that I, I've not only been to Raw, I've also been to Monday Nitro uh, at the AAC. The, uh, it's been a long time ago, obviously, and Nitro hasn't been on the air in a long time, but I remember just being completely blown away by the, uh, by the crowd, just how into it they were. And my, my most seared-in memory was leaving there with a guy crossing uh, the street in a full Razor Ramon outfit with the vest and the toothpick uh, and the little curl of hair down on his forehead signaling for the Razor's Edge (laughs) to a car that was honking at him because he was standing in the middle of the street. And uh, that was my lasting memory. And I, like you, had the opportunity to go to WrestleMania. Don't know what I was thinking at the time. Filled with huge regret. Uh... Yeah, you, huge regret leading up to the event. As soon really, as, as soon as I started to realize what a big event it was, uh, really wish I could add a do-over on that. Yeah, I think you really fouled this up. One thing I would like to uh, point out, Tommy, you said your lasting wrestling memory was the Razor Ramon guy in the street, and you didn't mention going to Raw on September 10th, 2001. Wow. Whoa. Wow. Am I not correct in that? Wow. Is that where you were? Wow. I've never put that together until you just said that. Well, you know, the most tragic event of that week was when Broncos receiver Ed McCaffrey shattered his leg on Monday Night Football (laughs) and never played again. Is that right? Am I I wrong here? What's what's going on? Hey, Dan. Distancing. Okay. All right, well, let's talk about WrestleMania in Dallas 2016, if we, if we can't even continue on after that. How many... Um, I, I pictured this event as a lot of people who may not be doing that well that have basically saved up the whole year, and this is, this is their one thing. Like, everything is blown. Like, when they, after they've purchased their tickets and bought their Miller Lights... <laughs> they've like left it all in the field. Their accounts are all at zero. Is that the type of crowd that we're dealing with here? I will say that's, let's say where I was sitting, that wasn't the crowd. Okay. I'm not going to say in all six levels, I can't speak to everyone there. Um, when we were standing in line to get in, there was a uh, younger, probably early 20s, uh, seemingly normal uh, 
guy and girl that had flown from London for WrestleMania. Wow, good day, mate. Yes. <laughs> you might know him. He has lots of international yeah, I friends. I probably do. I, I didn't get their names. Well. But, um, but yeah, it was a... The thing about the crowd at those events that's so fun is uh, everyone just is accepting where they are and, you know, no one's... I feel like even in, like, rec league softball, there's always a sect of people that are trying to be hard or trying to be too cool or something. Everyone at WrestleMania is on team. I'm having fun. Yeah. And they're just all there to chant and just, just enjoy the show. And that that makes it a lot of fun is there's just huge guys that don't care. They're all in Ric Flair feather robes yeah. just out there having a good That's time. That's cool. So I saw on the news that getting in there was like the biggest cluster it was terrible. there's ever been. So that it, that was not under report overreported. It was the only way I can ex- describe it is it was basically like they had no idea anyone was going to show up. Like if you were you just mean at, J- like Jerry had no idea anybody was going to show up. <laughs> like the, it was if if you imagine like a hundred people just randomly showing up at your house for a party when you had no idea that was happening, that was what it was like. So, so it wasn't like extra security or extra. <clears throat> wanding or anything like that you got up to the stadium first the show the pre-show started at five they were having matches at five and scheduled they were only opening the doors at four which to begin with seems like not enough time an hour to fill a stadium with 101,000 well even if only 40,000 50,000 show up for the for the preliminary matches that doesn't seem like enough and time. I, I feel like it was an early arriving crowd. Like yeah. people wanted. Well, it's to be WrestleMania. There. What are you gonna do? Show up right at the top bell right. time? It's the Super Bowl of wrestling. You're yeah. gonna show up early. You're gonna tailgate. So we walk up to the stadium, which is amazing, by the way. It's my first time to be there. It's Whoa! Incredible. Yeah, this place has been around for like eight I years. I think they built it in 2009. I know. But I, I don't go to Cowboy Dave. games and don't care enough about college football to go. So. Wow. I think they built it just to honor Ed McCaffrey's broken <laughs> leg. I'm pretty sure that was the inspiration for the whole for the whole deal. All right, go ahead. Sorry. All right, so we walk up there, and uh, as you guys know, there's only certain entrances you can That is true. That is true. Ticket, which I did not know. And in life, there are only certain <laughs> entrances that are preferred. And depending on how much money you have, the number of those entrances usually widens. I, literally and figuratively. So, uh, let's uh, moving <laughs> moving on now. So uh, we get up there. Um, the the guy I was with has had been there before, so he's like, "Well, we have to check our tickets and see what." We get up there. There's no queue lines. There's no. People saying, you know, hey, this is line for entrance E, F, and G. There's none of that. It's basically just a mob of people. Yeah. It was, it was like you were standing at a concert. Like there was no line. There was just people. And then, the best part was there's people facing opposite way <laughs> in the same. See, I don't understand this people. because this was a disaster getting in yes. when they had the Super Bowl there. They had. You know, not enough, well, first of all, not enough seats. Right. And then also there was the big problem with getting in the stadium. I mean, I've been there for, I've never been to a Cowboys game, but I've been there for college football games. 
I've been there for a concert that wasn't the whole thing wasn't sold out, but I mean there was probably seventy, eighty thousand people there, right. and never had any issues. I mean, I've been there for a Big Twelve championship game with that had ninety thousand people there, not a problem whatsoever getting in. So is this driven by security? Were they worried that the wrestling fan was going to be more likely to try to br- bring in a you know, foreign object, uh, if we're going to use the correct terminology, maybe it's a valid question. have something because, in the trunks. And, and I will say this, because we did hit that, but the mess of getting in had nothing to do with security. There was no one in line. There was no one telling anyone where to go. When they finally started letting people in, it went pretty smoothly. Yeah. I heard a rumor, I don't know if this is true, that their Wi-Fi went down. At the stadium, so they couldn't. How scan. long was the password? <laughs> That's probably the problem. I could text them the password, <laughs> but that was a rumor going around. Is that because I don't think they started letting people in until probably uh, four twenty, <laughs> if you will. Sounds <laughs> sounds about a right. Nice, a nice bookend for our conversation. Yeah. Um, I just want. This is a rumor. And you heard this rumor. Yes. Did the person that tell you this rumor while they were telling the rumor end it with, woo? There was, in the massive amount of time, there was people standing there. I heard at least 300 woos. Um, speaking of security, when we get up to the front, there was a, the only security delay I saw was a guard pulling a man out of line that had... An urn. <laughs> like an the urn? Uh, was the, the Undertaker The real Paul Bear in the urn? Oh, okay. The real Paul Bear has been dead for so No, what was his ashes in uh, the urn? Was he bringing him to WrestleMania like he deserves to be? He was, I don't know, but it was very funny because the security guard was demanding the man open it. We remember what happened when Paul Bear opened the yes, urn, right? Green smoke came out and it was, <laughs> it was a bad day. But the... This is where I would have been lost had I gone, but I still would have enjoyed all this, but I had no idea what any of this meant. Well, the best thing about it is the, the urn is part of the Undertaker's gimmick hasn't been used in like 12 years. Okay. So I'm not really sure why the guy had it, but it was like, he claimed he bought it like at a, I don't know if it was one of the events leading up to WrestleMania where they had merchandise, but it wouldn't open. Like, it's just like a prop, like you can't actually unscrew it. So the security guard is, like, demanding the guy's guy open it, and he's like, it won't open. The guy's like, well, you can't bring it in. Yeah, then, that makes sense. It completely. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. My bomb won't open. <laughs> but then. Woo! Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, come on through. But then a, another man in line yelled, hey, it's okay. I was with him when he bought it. <laughs> and the security guard said, okay, and I walked through. Wow. <laughs> Wow. So now so, you know how to get anything you want into AT&T Stadium. Just say I was with him when he bought it. Oh, wow. It looks like a shotgun, but it's really just a giant candy bar. And it's the question, because the, the security guard obviously had no background in wrestling, because he didn't know what it was. So yeah. I'm curious, if that's the case and he still let him in, could you go into a Mavs game with an with urn? With an urn? And like get the... No, I don't. I don't think so. There won't be any Mavs games for. Yes, yeah. Well, you you have to wait a good six months for another Mavs game. So, okay, so we get in the stadium and let's get to the uh, let's get to the not necessarily the final main event, but the highlights of the show. Was China there? (laughs) China, China was not there. 
Okay. We need to add her to the list of people we need to try to get on the show right yeah, after we, Grego. Okay, so Grego, China, and David Bowie, apparently. <laughs> I think Bowie's too big for us to get. I think we could get China. I just, could write a check that could get China here. Just, if you get China, later in that episode, don't talk to someone more famous that completely overshadows the fact that she was on the show at all. Just don't do that to her. Yeah, I think that's a good advice. Uh, the next episode, we're going to communicate with China. That's what's going to happen. Okay, so what what are the... Give us two or three highlights from the, um, the overall show. I the, understand The Rock was there. The Rock was there. Um, the Rock was a... Uh, it's somewhat interesting thing because he came out for a few seconds. Everyone went crazy. He walked back behind the curtain and came out again with what appeared to be a t-shirt cannon, which everyone always had, a big sale. Everyone kind of had question marks because they're like, "It's not really. It's kind of cheapening the rock." Like that's the <laughs> that's the, true. Yeah, that's the like what would happen at uh, Doctor Doctor Pepper Ballpark. You might expect yeah. a t-shirt cannon. But making even less sense, it wasn't a t-shirt cannon. It was a flamethrower, which he just stood on stage and shot into the air. Now, I wonder if he had to tell somebody that, no, it's cool, I was there when he bought it to get that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It would work. It honestly would work. But that was great. They had a, uh, a seven-man ladder match for the Intercontinental title. And The Miz was part of that, right? The Miz was part of that. Um, who, who won that? Uh, um, I don't understand. When you win, do you get to keep the ladder? Or <laughs> what, what happens? Oh, uh, no, you don't get to keep the ladder. You get the belt. And uh, Sami Zayn. Won that. I have no idea. He's somewhat. Does he have anything to do with Hillbilly Jim? <laughs> Hillbilly Jim is no longer with us, and no one is doing that gimmick. Captain Lou Albano also not there. Also not. In so the yeah, how many of the Von Erics did they honor because it was in Dallas? They, they did not. Although they did give away the. Uh, they had a video for. They started the Ultimate Warrior. Some kind of like never quit award they give to people who are involved in charities. There's a woman that uh, um, survived uh, some kind of cancer and now has a charity for it, won it. But it was kind of weird that they gave him the Hall of Fame award and then he OD'd the next night. And then, like, the day later, they're like, all right, we're going to create an award around oh, no. the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. That was a tough wow. one. But it was a it was a great event. Got to see uh, got to see the Shane McMahon jump from Hell in the Cell, which was okay. which was incredible because oh, nice. we picked the right side of the arena to sit on because that was right in front of us. Oh, um, man. People on the other side just, just saw nothing. F so. them. It's not like they have a big TV screen there to show. No, it, so. not at all. They probably were just completely clueless. <laughs> had no idea what was going on. I'm sure. Well, I have massive regret that I didn't go to this. It event. was incredible. It was a uh, and I would have like. Well, and Shaq was there, too. Shaq was there. Tatanka. Dude, do you remember him from the early 90s? I do not. The very insensitive Indian gimmick. Uh, it sounds very appealing to me. But, I mean, after the Von Erichs and Freebirds were done wrestling each other every Saturday night. Uh, made it into the Hall of Fame. That was announced. They were there. They were at See, I would have appreciated that. They were there. But after that, probably early 90s-ish, I just out on wrestling it was okay for everybody else I, I played the pro wrestling game on nintendo on the nes oh but, yeah wrestlemania 2000 but other than that uh pretty much no exposure to it but i, I feel like i would have still enjoyed it immensely i will say this i watched uh up through college and then completely 
didn't watch the next 10 years or so. And about a month and a half before WrestleMania, I started watching Raw to get back into it. And a lot of it, they're still doing a lot of the same things. Yeah. But it's still great. Like, it really is entertaining. As long as you just accept the level of ridiculousness yes. to the whole show, yes. then, yeah, then you can enjoy it. But, I think for a long time people looked at it like it was or was trying to be a sport, which it's not at all. No. It's just theater. Yes. That's all it is. Yes. Theater with a lot more concussions. Yes. True, that's not really our problem. <laughs> that's that's their that's problem. That's Tatanka's problem. Yeah, that's Tatanka's <laughs> problem. That's Tatanka's problem is he put on about 200 pounds. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's unfortunate. Wow, let's not trample on his still-living grave. Yeah, let's not... Uh, Let's not do that. So, but one last plug, if because uh, most of you watched it back in the day, I uh, to catch up. I bought the WWE Network, okay, which is a streaming service. Incredible! Like you can go back and watch like documentaries on all those guys that we used to. And what does that watch. run you a month? Uh, Nine ninety nine. Wow, it's not bad. I I may even just hearing you guys talk about it tonight. It's piqued my interest enough that I may cool even look into is that. They have the complete catalog of every Raw, every Nitro, every WCW, WWE pay per view, every ECW pay per view. So you can go back and literally find anything you ever wanted to watch. Really? Yeah. Like, you want to watch when Stone Cold drove the Zamboni? <laughs> what about go when Gold Dust made his first appearance on Raw? <laughs> you can find that. You want to find when. Mark Henry was kissing the transvestite. <laughs> you can find that. Now, surely they edited the Brian Pillman taking a gun to Stone Cold Steve Austin's house. I don't surely think they edited that. that wow. I think you can go back and watch the uh, Owen Hart pay per view. That's unbelievable. Is that the guy who fell? Yes. Oh, man. He didn't make it, right? He fell from like the top of the stadium, right? Yes. Or wherever it was at? That yes. is so cheap. He didn't make it. Well, wow. So he's playing he's playing backgammon with Prince in China right now. If you want to hear and uh, I still think Vince McMahon is a genius, but the rumor from that was cuz they kept the pay-per-view going. After Owen Hart fell from the rafters through the ring and died. Ah, it's awful. And the quote from Vince McMahon was there's a hole near the corner, wrestle around it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, Merry, Merry Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Merry, Merry Christmas, Owen Hart's family. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that probably is a good place to yeah. uh, to end. This is a this is a much longer than our normal episode uh, time frame. I, I feel like this is going to really be a way to to probably get our listeners up into the high teens, maybe oh, even the no low twenties. There's no doubt. We've pulled I mean, out all the stops. We've got a special guest. We've talked pro wrestling. Owen Hart gets ratings. Yeah, Owen Hart's wrestling fall from the rafters ratings. and Ed McCaffrey's broken leg. <laughs> That's all we really need in any episode of a podcast. All right, so we think in maybe six, seven weeks from now we'll we'll be back with episode five of Tell yeah. Me Where to Turn. Thinking about you know maybe just go to Paris for fun with my friends from Nigeria or something like that. You're gonna do a mileage run? Just keep that platinum AA status. Yeah, just just for fun. I was just thinking maybe we could all buy tickets to the NBA Finals and the Stanley Cup Finals, then not go and, and then just talk not about go. it, and then just have a podcast about that. I think that's a great idea. 
All right. Well, uh, until next time, I, I guess I'll uh, I'll say I'm Tommy Lynch and he's three underscore eleven Glenn uh, on Twitter. That's correct. Uh, he tweets about once every two weeks, which is uh, he tweets about once for every two weeks and and does one podcast every month and goes on vacation every week. That pretty much sums it up. In fact, maybe we can edit that down and that could be your new Twitter bio. Maybe we can do that. <laughs>